Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. For the first time in nearly 550 broadcasts of Technovation, we'll be speaking with an incumbent chief information officer and his hand-selected successor. The gentlemen I'm referring to are Lee Crump, who is currently the CIO of Rollins, and his successor, Thomas Tesh, who will take on the new role in the near term. Rollins is the world's largest pest control company with over $2.2 billion in annual revenue. In this interview, we discuss Thomas and Lee's working relationship over the past 23 years, why Lee picked Thomas to replace him, and what Thomas believes are Lee's greatest strengths as a leader. We discuss Rollins' M&A strategy and the only two things Rollins always takes over when buying a company, security and payroll. Lastly, we discuss Rollins' strategic priorities over the next few years, why Thomas believes we will see all computers go away in the future, and a variety of other topics. If you enjoy Technovation, please consider reading my book, Getting to Nimble, How to Transform Your Company into a Digital Leader. The book's now available on Amazon. As a special offer to our CXO listeners, if you purchase 50 or more books for your team, I'd be happy to join you and your team for a group discussion about it. To learn more, write us at info at metastrategy.com or visit gettingtonimble.com. And now for a word from our partner, Aptio. Sales teams have CRM systems. Human resources leverage HRM systems. What about the CIO, who needs to evolve from a technology expert to a business strategist? In this digital first world, CIOs and their CFO counterparts must ensure technology decisions are made to deliver business value. It's easier said than done. That's why Aptio, the market leader in technology business management, is committed to helping companies manage, plan and optimise their technology spend. After all, champions of change need actionable insights they can trust. Learn more at aptio.com. And now on to the interview. Well, Lee Crump and Thomas Tesh, welcome to Technovation. Great to speak with you both. Good to be here, Peter. Yes. Well, this is a rare treat for me. Uh, I, I rarely get a chance to speak with a, a an incumbent chief information officer who's on the cusp of retiring and, and that person's hand-selected successor and very much looking forward to gaining from your wisdom as to that process. But I'll begin with you, Lee, if I may. Uh, Lee, you have been at Rollins uh, for nearly a dozen years. And I wonder if you could take a moment for those who may be less familiar with it, uh, perhaps just give a, a brief thumbnail sketch of the uh, of Rollins business, please. Yeah, I'll be uh, retiring April 2nd, uh, just two months shy of my 12th anniversary there. It has been an awful lot of fun. The business has seen a tremendous amount of growth in that 12 years. Uh, Rollins is a, actually a holding company of a family of pest control brands, and we are worldwide. Uh, we will do over $2 billion. In fact, we did over $2 billion in revenue last year. We'll probably do at least 2.2 uh, this year. Uh, our largest and best known brand is Orkin. Everyone has, has heard of the Orkin man. Uh, here in the Atlanta area, uh, we also, uh, uh, Northwest, the mouse uh, that everyone sees on the billboards as they drive around town is uh, also part of our uh, family of brands. So um, again, we have over 500 locations, branch locations, uh, across the country. And, you know, the unique issues we face in IT is that uh, every morning, uh, all of our employees, except the, the branch administrator, come into the branch um, or not, but then spe spend the rest of the day in their vehicle by themselves taking care of customers. So uh, what's been important to us from an IT standpoint uh, 
even long before anybody thought about a pandemic, was what do we do to make sure we keep those technicians uh, connected to and in real time with uh, the customer and the branch and then keeping the branch connected to uh, us here in the support center in Atlanta. That's fantastic. Uh, and talk about you've started you alluded to it a, a bit already, uh, Lee. But I'd love to have you as the as the uh, the head of IT, the de facto chief information officer of of Rollins. Not for oh, much longer. Exactly. <laughs> talk talk a bit about your purview, if you would. For what time uh, you have well, left? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are uh, responsible for uh, all of information technology at Rollins, including all of our brands. Um, we do have IT personnel at the largest brands, uh, but the bulk of our team is is uh, uh, managed from here in uh, the Atlanta uh, Support Center. Uh, we also have responsibility for the uh, Program Management Office, um, and uh, probably I think we've got what Thomas about 175 FTEs if we count our. Uh, employees and contractors. That's correct. Excellent. And uh, you know, a good friend of mine, Filippo Passerini, who used to be the chief information officer of P&G, uh, used to say that every time you go to an executive recruiter and bring in a, an executive from outside the organization, it's a declaration of failure of succession planning. And clearly, this is a success story of succession planning, uh, Lee and Thomas. And I, I, I'll stay with you for just a moment longer, if I may, Lee, uh, in just, I'd love to understand kind of the the way in which you thought about this, once it, it uh, occurred to you that the timing was right for retirement, um, what was that succession plan like? How was it communicated? Uh, we'd love to understand a little bit further about why why Thomas, in your own words, and and then Ben, I'll turn it over to Thomas to, to answer some of the same from his perspective. Well, let me start by saying something that I just hold um, as probably the top priority for any, uh, especially for any executive, but starting as a manager for. 20, 30 years, long before I even thought about retirement, I always thought it was important that once you get into management, it's not any longer about what you do, it's about what your people do. And so I've always espoused hiring very, very strong people. And I've also always believed very strongly that you can't be promoted if you don't have someone ready to take your place. And then at some point in that process, I realized that the better the people were that I hired and the more that I simply kept roadblocks out of their way and let them do their thing, the easier my job kept getting. So I tell people that really laziness is, is what drove this whole, whole process. But I've always been a fanatic about hiring really, really good people um, and gradually uh, giving them, uh, you know, as soon as, as quickly as they can earn it, giving them more responsibility and helping them grow. And you know what, every once in a while along the way, people have left because there's a great opportunity somewhere. And, you know, we just didn't have that move ready at that time for them. And I'm just as proud of those folks as I am anybody that I've helped be successful uh, period. Uh, I just, I just think that's incredible. And I think that's our, our biggest role, our most important role. And the higher you go in the organization, the more important that becomes. The sliver of your job is vision and, and strategy. And the whole rest of it is hiring good people, 
motivating them, coaching them, and mentoring them. So in Thomas's case, I originally brought Thomas on board as a contractor uh, back in 1998. So what, 23 years ago, uh, I was at Rollins' largest competitor at the time. I was the CIO there. We were getting ready to roll out a new system and we were going to send trainers out to uh, all of the branches to train them on the new system. Uh, so that's where I first met Thomas and he worked incredibly hard, a lot of hours. And, um, I think we probably had only been there maybe six or nine months and I hired him. I put him in charge of the, of the trainers. And, and by the time I left them in 2007, uh, he was a director. And, uh, so when I got to Rollins and, in uh, 2009, and, and we began developing uh, our new CRM system for our locations. I brought, uh, I kept talking to him and teasing him about, well, you know, you need to come to work for me. And finally, one day, I'll never forget what had happened. I'd been on a branch tour, and the, I knew I needed his expertise and help in a specific area. So as I left the branch in my rental car to head for the airport, I called him and said, all right, I said, all right, I'm done. I'm done joking around. You need to come to work for me and you need to do it soon. So uh, he joined us in uh, joined us in 2012. And the interesting thing is when he came on board, he had a specific area of responsibility, but each year that went by, uh, and I think it was more to keep him from getting bored than anything else. It seemed like every year I transfer, I had about eight direct reports at the time. I transfer one or two of those folks to reporting to him until about a year ago. And again, I, I knew I turned 70 in November. So I knew the time was coming to turn this all over to the young folks. Um, I only had two people reporting to me, Thomas and our uh, vice president of uh, uh, infrastructure and our and he also works as our CISO. Uh, so it's just a matter of just gradually through this process, giving him more and more responsibility. And uh, he just he never failed. I never had to take anything back. So yeah. uh, I was able to to tell my boss last June. Uh, I announced internally that April second would be my last day, and I said I'm giving you nine months' notice in case you want to go outside but I don't think you need to. And he agreed because he'd gotten to know Thomas very well over Thomas's tenure, thought very highly of it. So it almost is like I gave too much notice because in October we made Thomas the CIO and I've really been just kind of working in a coaching and transitioning mode since then. That's fantastic. Well, thank you for that overview, Lee. Thomas, not unlike LeBron James, your professional greatness began in your teenage years. That's uh, very impressive. Uh, Thomas, I'd love to, I'd love to hear, uh, you know, from your perspective, how this opportunity, uh, was presented to you when it became apparent that you would be the, uh, the, the successor. And I'd love to hear from your perspective, especially with a bit of runway, as Lee just described, the sorts of things um, that you did in order to uh, get yourself ready for the for the new role. Yeah, I mean, you know, as Lee said, uh, for me, uh, it was I don't know that this was the job when I first started in IT. I thought this was the job I always wanted. Um, and, you know, as you go longer in IT, you realize, OK, this is good. And, you know, Lee kept doing that. 
But, you know, you realize uh, Lee does a great job at, you know, when I came here in 2012, you know, he, you know, like he said, starting with one thing and then, you know, kind of adding things as we go to keep me because, yeah, I can't get bored easily. So he knows that about me. Understanding the talent is, I think, probably one of Lee's greatest skills. Also, understanding the areas in which that talent may be better at some skill than him, um, which is a sign of wisdom, right? I mean, when you really boil it down, right? I, You know, it's something that I've got to watch and probably got the most respect for Lee is, you know, I'm a very relationship-oriented person. So I like to make relationships. I like to have those relationships. Lee is a more technical-minded. He doesn't always, outside of work, yes, he loves relationships. Inside of work, he's very focused. So he saw that quickly and put me in some areas where, you know, maybe he would not have excelled in the same way. And I will tell you, I think there's a level of maturity around that, right? And I think that's where, you know, to find good people and keep them, you know, to have the maturity. And then I think the other thing for this part is really the wisdom, right? You know, one of the things, you know, Lee said, and he's so true, Lee never tells me what to do. It's more of a situation of, here are some guardrails. Let's don't go outside those, you know? And so kind of keeps you on this track. Because By the way, he frequently does, and I have to judge you. <laughs> yeah, so. You I know, think I will, what I call guardrails, he thinks of as guidelines. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's a great way to say it. So, But I will tell you, having that there um, gives you the ability to be a little freer, right? I can maneuver differently because I kind of know where my boundaries are. And to Lee's point, yeah, my goal is to always put my foot over, not you know, my whole body, but my foot. Um, so I would say, you know, the wisdom part of that, and then also the directness, right? You know, Lee is very direct. When he's mad, he's mad. Um, when he's not, he's not. So you can simply see that. So you know where you stand, right? It's not, you're not having to guess. And then the other thing is really trying to get you involved in, you know, looking around the good news, you know, you know, looking around the corner, figuring out what's going on. I would say that's wisdom that age gives you. I mean, it literally just happened the other day. Uh, Lee said something months ago and and our teammates remembered it and went and checked. And thankfully they did because we would have had a problem if they wouldn't have. So, you know, it's always never being satisfied, um, I think, is, you know, one of the things. You know, I can give a lot of words about Lee. We've worked together a long time. But the fact that there's always you can be a little better. Um, so, you know, it's finding that drive. Then the other thing is just hiring people that are better than you. I would say that's the greatest skill. It's easy to find successor when you're hiring people better than you. Um, and I think that's where people mess up is they don't really want to hire people better because of, once again, probably an immaturity thing, you know, um, maybe not the wisdom yet to know why that's good for you. Um, but, uh, I will tell you that those are the things that I would say, um, and Rollins has been a great thing. And to Lee's point, you know, it really kind of happened naturally as direct reports went down. You know, he had, I think, nine when I started, then down to two. And then, of course, now in my group, I have eight now. Hmm. So I've divided mine out. So, you know, because I, you know, you take the, all the things you learn. Uh, and for me, I'm a, I'm a learner in terms of when I see something work, I want to try it too. Um, because why wouldn't I? So you'll, you'll see a lot of similarity around how the next years go for me. 
Um, I have a lot, lot longer runway than Lee did, but uh, you know, the fact that he did, and also he was always very honest that this was a possibility. Mm. So it always kept me on the hook to want to try this out. And yeah. I think at the point I didn't, at the point I was like indifferent either way was the point I got it. So there you go. Very <laughs> interesting. And I'm curious also, uh, Thomas, as somebody who's been with the organization for most of the past decade yourself. Uh, and so, you know, this, this, uh, you know, the IT organization and the company more generally speaking a lot better than somebody who would have come in from the outside. To what extent do you see your planning going forward as one of continuity as opposed to, for instance, uh, you know, leveraging a mandate uh, that, that a change in leadership might might offer to make some changes or, or tinker with some things. How do you think about that balance? Yeah, I mean, you know, what's interesting is, you know, I think like everybody, the longer you're in a role, um, you know, some things you had to do early on, you don't have to. And, you know, I was literally just yesterday saying to our team, you know, one of the things we used to do in IT is we used to go off and do an offsite and plan out our next three, five, seven years. You know, as time has gone, we've kind of gotten to a different way. We're going to probably reopen up some things we used to do uh, and do them again uh, because they make a lot of sense as time goes. And then it's also a fresher look at it. So it's not a, a matter of difference. So I don't expect a lot different because what we're doing had a long-term strategy behind it already. So more of my job is not to screw up the strategy um, as much as, you know, and add on to it, not actually, you know, rip the rip the whole place up. Because I think a lot of people come in and decide they want to do that, you know, to prove a point. And what happens is you lose the continuity of what you had going, right? And that's what we have to, you know, my thing is, you know, we need to apply some band-aids around places, make things better, get people on the same page and bring the teams together. And I think, you know, you'll see a lot of hashing of things we used to do when I first got here that will come back around again. Um, and we're going to do a lot more of that. Uh, and people are going to, some people that have been here will be like, oh, we've done this before. Some people will think this is brand new. So, yeah. Makes sense. Lee, Lee, I'd love to bring you back into the conversation. T talk a bit about the strategy that the organization has been uh, operating under in recent times and some of the substance of that. Well, the the plan that you're 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 leaving behind you, so to say. Well, the you know the 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 business strategy, and it's you know the IT strategy is worthless if it doesn't tuck into and match the business strategy. Uh, but the business strategy is growth through acquisition uh, with a goal. We are, uh, you know, we're not a technology company. We're doing pest control. So our goal is always high single-digit uh, revenue growth and low double-digit profit growth. Um, uh, organic growth, uh, but, uh, you know, accounting for half of that, and then another half through acquisitions. And our strategy around acquisitions is always we, all, we don't buy turnarounds. Uh, we buy successful businesses. Uh, and we want to buy a business. We want to leave it continuing to operate under its brand. And with its leadership and its people, its vehicles, its uniforms, the, the whole shooting match. And where we uh, provide the synergy is that uh, things, for example, like cellular devices and, and the rates we pay, because we've got 14,000, uh, you know, cell plans uh, with the major carriers, we can always lower 
telephone rates. We can lower network costs. We can lower vehicle costs and chemical costs. Uh, but we want the business to continue to run as it was. We simply are taking costs out. And we don't do that by going in and firing a bunch of people. In fact, in most cases, we keep the uh, existing executive team in place and the owner if they want to continue working. Although a lot of them uh, you know, decide the whole reason they're selling is because they're ready to cash out and retire. We continually are looking at ways to um, you know, build our customer share. We are the largest uh, pest control company in the world. Uh, we strive to, we, we want to make sure we're the best. Uh, and certainly the bigger you get, uh, single digit of revenue growth requires us to grow each more, uh, each year more than uh, the 10th the largest pest control company in the United States. So it's kind of, it's, it's interesting, right? You never stop. But uh, we focused our technology around um, customer retention, gaining customers, making our technicians as uh, efficient and effective as possible. Because again, we're doing services in the customer's home or in the customer's place of business. Uh, it's important that we be able to accurately say when we are going to be there to do the service. Uh, things like routing and scheduling. One of our major initiatives we've been working on now for three years is around routing and scheduling. And again, with six or 7,000 technicians now running under our routing system, over the last three years, we've reduced our miles per stop by about 1.27 miles per stop. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but we make 900,000 stops a month. So you start doing the math at 900,000 times 1.2 miles. And, uh, you know, you're talking 950,000 miles and our variable rate, our variable vehicle cost is 22 cents a mile. Uh, our average drive speed is 29.85 miles per hour. So we've also saved tens of thousands of technician hours drive time. And that's the way Rollins runs its business. We are metrics driven, key operating indicators. We are on a daily basis looking at all these numbers and we want to provide excellent customer service, but it's so important that we do it effectively and efficiently. And that's where IT is really making a, a huge difference for the business. Very interesting. Thomas, uh, given the imperative to grow through acquisition, I'm curious to what extent is there kind of a blueprint uh, for each of the acquisitions? No doubt, of course, each one's a little bit different, but how much of it is templatized for a lack of better way of framing it as to the steps IT must undertake after each of the acquisitions? Yeah, I mean, we pretty much know and we, you know, there's, there's a good sense. I mean, that's an area that I was managing before. So, uh, you know, so that's, you know, you know, that's kind of the the pace with most of this stuff is there was a, some of this was a piece of mine already. So, you know, it's not unfamiliar to me. So I have a much smaller learning curve um, when it comes to actually picking it up. So, you know, we kind of know what to do around those kind of situations. So it's been quite easy um, for there. And then every acquisition has its own special flavor, as you will, because at the end of the day, right, we're buying a company that has customers but we're really buying their people, right? So there's always 
when people are involved, it's always a little more difficult than just computers, right? So there's always special things that they've decided. And the other thing is based on the company's size, you know, they could have a myriad of technology that's different than what we have. So, you know, it's really understanding that and figuring out what to do in those situations, which we have a group that deals with that. Uh, we know kind of what to do and we're looped into it. So it's really not a shocker for us uh, when it comes to that stuff. There's a checklist we go through and obviously, you know, uh, security uh, is one of the first things. There's certain things we don't want to be the old, we're from corporate, we're here to help you, right? <laughs> uh, uh, so there really is a, a sensitivity to the fact that, yes, you know, they've been bought. And yes, we own them, but we bought them because they're successful and we want them to stay successful. So we don't dictate an awful lot of things. But uh, two of the things that happen right away is uh, cybersecurity and our team make sure we do scans. We evaluate uh, what tools they have, what processes they have. We'll implement our password, uh, you know, protocols for password protection, those types of things. So that's number one. And payroll is, is will take over payroll. Uh, those are probably the two things that are the only two things that are absolutely mandatory. And then really what we do, it's up to the up to the brand. We've actually had some brands come to us and say, hey, would you take over our IT? We don't know what the hell we're doing. And, and we trust you. And we've done that. And it's worked in many cases. They got, I wish I'd done that sooner. Mm -hmm. uh, so we leave again, their IT people there in their location, but uh, they report to us. They've just got a dotted line. And then we have some people who are very protective for a while. We're very protective and they want to maintain their own folks. And again, we say, hey, as long as you're, uh, as long as you're doing a good job and and following the basic rules and protocols here, we're you know we're we're fine to let you alone. So. That's interesting. So kind of a hybrid then, Lee, between a centralized and a federated model. In some cases, there sounds like there's a lot that's fairly centralized, and in some cases, they become centralized earlier at their request. While yeah, I think it's more of a Confederate States of America than the United States. Of <laughs> <laughs> Fair description. Uh, very much states' rights, and uh, again, we we provide guidelines. So. Got it. Very, very good. Thomas, I, I wanted to give you the last word. As you as you think to the future, what are some of the trends that particularly excite you? You know, for for me, I would say probably, God, that's a that's a really tough question, actually, for me, because uh, pretty much everything in IT kind of I enjoy. So um, I would say I stick with mobile, uh, mainly because, you know, I, you know, for a while, right, we went, the world shifted to being more online than they've ever been, right, when it comes to mobile devices. I'm always going to enjoy them. Um, it's an area that I spent a lot of my career in, uh, mainly because we're just tipping the iceberg. You know, I truly believe computers will go away uh, and we will get more into a mobile environment. So I find that super interesting. I always have. Uh, I find it interesting to see what can be done on there. Um you know, and then, you know, obviously anything around that piece or virtual reality and those kind of things you can do for training. You know, we've played a lot with virtual reality, me and Lee have around training um, and actually how do you train our people using it? What do you do uh, in our field? You know, th those are two areas that always interest me. You can always get me every time. That's fantastic. Well, 
Lee Crump, first of all, uh, congratulations on a successful tenure as, as CIO of Rollins. You're somebody I originally got to know because of your enormous reputation in the Atlanta CIO community. And it's through a number of uh, uh, groups there that I got to know you by reputation and then was so pleased to get you know, to know you more literally soon thereafter. Uh, congratulations on your many successes. And and Thomas, uh, I, best of luck to you. Congratulations on, again, your ascent to the, to the CIO post. Uh, I hope it is a, a successful and fulfilling uh, experience for you. Thank, thank, both, thank you to both of you gentlemen for a great conversation. Thank you so much. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for tuning in. Please join us on Thursday for a discussion on people and talent strategy with Capital One's Chief Information Officer, Rob Alexander, and Fannie Mae's Chief Operating Officer, Kimberly Johnson.